Welcome back, beautiful souls, to our 23rd episode of Spirituality with Kayun. Last week, I talked about how there are many different paths or religions, but the essence of all are the same. According to yogic teachings, there's only one truth, and as we embark on this journey towards our goal, there will be bumps, lots of bumps on this road. Oftentimes, we get discouraged along the way for a number of reasons, such as inner resistance, lack of time, seeing no progress, feeling unsupported, or other external obstacles. So today, I want to talk about the ups and downs of spiritual life. I think one of the biggest reasons why people fall off this path is due to unrealistic expectations. It could be what we idealize or fantasize about spirituality. It could be our expectations for instant gratification and immediate results. Many times we get discouraged when we see our teachers, great masters, or other spiritual aspirants not living up to these teachings. Every now and then, I would receive questions like, How are you always so peaceful and happy? Do you ever get angry? Do you still have desires? Have you renounced? Do you have supernatural powers? Sorry to break it to some of you, but I'm really just an ordinary girl. And just like you, I have emotions, I have desires, I have good days and bad days. I get upset and get mad and get jealous. I have fear, I have insecurities. Sometimes this journey can make me feel like as if I'm on a roller coaster ride. Perhaps I might be a little bit more aware compared to the younger me when I first started on this path. However, I'm really just another normal human being. And obviously, no, I cannot walk on water, cannot levitate, nor can I disappear into thin air. I've witnessed this myself as I've seen many students come to the spiritual practice with this idea that everyone who is part of a sangha, which means spiritual community, is super compassionate. Incredibly loving and ethorically blissful all the time. Yeah, so that's pretty much enlightenment. Some of us have this belief that people practicing spirituality no longer care about material possessions, money, success, fame, or physical appearance. While others have this perception that people on this path have cities, which are the magical powers I was talking about just before. So these are all myths and misconceptions. Well, I mean, there is that 0.0001% chance, but for most of us, we were not born realized. We all have problems and we're here to work on ourselves to reach our fullest potential. Similar to many of you, when I first started on this journey, I was aesthetically happy all the time. I wanted to spread love and kindness to all those around me. I had this intention to uplift and bring joy to at least three people every day. I honestly thought nothing could ever go wrong on this path. At the ashrams and temples, everyone I met gave off this peaceful and calm vibe each time I saw them. It appeared as though they were unaffected by everything that was happening outside in the external world. And then when I took a teacher's training course at the ashram, I met a girl. She was around my age, but much wiser and more experienced. We sat down during dinner one evening and she told me that this place is also Maya, which means the material world or an illusion. She continued and shared with me that this ashram wasn't real either, though the environment 
may be more wholesome and pure. At that time, of course, I didn't get it. Ever since I left the corporate world, I was escaping from Maya to find real happiness because external things were not giving me the satisfaction that I was looking for. I even left home, traveled across the globe to go back to the basics and live a simple yogic life. Only to find out that I'm back in Maya? What? Was this a joke or something I thought? It didn't make sense to me at all. It wasn't until I started volunteering my time and working at the ashrams that I began to understand what my wise friend was trying to explain to me. While residing and serving alongside with other practitioners for a longer period of time, I realized that actually, it is in many ways quite similar to working with people in the outside world. I mean, in essence, we are all the same. Therefore, it shouldn't be a surprise that the problems we face are also very similar. Just like people in, let's say, the finance industry. The volunteers at the ashram also go through emotions like anger, jealousy, fear, hatred, egoism, greed, annoyance, etc., etc. These yogis would compete, argue, fight, show off, steal other people's spotlight, or even put others down. When I saw all of this, I started to see that these holy places and the people in these spiritual communities are also a part of this material world. Though of course, they teach us to become a better version of ourselves and bring us closer to the truth. In the modern yoga world, there are so many stories of scandals with great yoga masters. I've seen swamis, people who made a vow to practice celibacy. They get engaged in affairs with other staff or students. I remember I met another teacher who became a swami, but then fell in love and got married. The relationship didn't work out, and then he became a swami again, only to realize that that path wasn't meant for him, fell in love again, and got married a second time. Swamis can also have monkey minds. A close friend of mine who I met while I was serving was sexually harassed by a swami and was too afraid to report him. So I remember sharing my thoughts with the ashram priest. I can still vividly recall all his words. He told me, if human beings were so perfect, we wouldn't be here. We would already be up there, self-realized. Choose to see the positive qualities in people rather than the negative ones. Everyone in this world is suffering and working out their own karma. When I hold retreats, there are all sorts of problems as well. Students live together in a dormitory and interact with each other a whole lot more. We spend 24 hours a day for a few days with people we normally see for an hour or two in a yoga class every week. So what happens is we start to see other people's true colors, and it's usually not what we had expected. I once read somewhere that the closer we are to someone, the easier it is to bruise or to be bruised. You know, back in school and even work, there's always issues with women having problems with other women. Jealousy could be one reason, the need to have attention could be another, emotional instability could also be a cause. Or perhaps because of social conditioning, girls learn to compete, they form cliques and gossip at an early age. Interestingly, the same stuff happens in spiritual environment, and not just with women, but men as well. 
in this world of duality, there will be people we connect with more and those we connect with less. There will be people who enjoy our company and others who despise us. So it's not surprising to witness such occurrence. I served at many ashrams in India, in the West, in Southeast Asia, and as far as I know, I haven't found a community where there were no politics at all. Every time I catch myself feeling annoyed or irritated with others, I remind myself to come back to my breath, not to react, and instead respond mindfully after I calm down. Over these years, I've finally learned that it's best to refrain from speaking and performing any actions when in anger. I would also reflect and question myself why I have certain aversions or attachments. Could everything just be a reflection of my inner world? These experiences also give me an opportunity to assess myself and see how much of the teachings I'm actually absorbing and applying in my day-to-day living. There has been times where I get discouraged too. Many times. I would wonder why am I on this path? Am I getting anywhere on this path? Is there really such thing as enlightenment? Why am I here practicing daily when I could be enjoying all the glitz and glam of worldly life? A luxurious lifestyle, a higher paying job, festive social gatherings and events, splurging freely on extravagant items, indulging in exquisite fine dining, such and such. And then I would come back to myself and ask, if life would be fulfilling if I was just pursuing external goals. I believe spiritual practice focuses on the importance of finding a balance between material living and inner fulfillment. While enjoying maya and achieving material things, we are also encouraged to cultivate qualities like compassion, presence, wisdom, patience, contentment, and self-awareness, then our lives become more meaningful and complete. During my previous retreat, there was quite an elevated practitioner who saw the conflicts and the confrontations between some of the participants. She shared with everyone that instead of apologizing for what happened, we could say thank you for giving me this opportunity to learn. I thought that was such a great piece of advice. Spiritual teachings ask us to be more mindful, to increase our awareness, to experience all of what life throws at us, whether they're good or bad, and grow from these encounters. What I've learned is that there will always be ups and downs on our spiritual path, and just life in general. We can learn to rise above Maya and enjoy life even more, while knowing that everything is temporary and won't last forever. Certainly, we can practice spirituality and still take delight in all the beautiful things in this physical world, so long as we don't get attached to them. As a matter of fact, the more we practice, the more we feel for things as our senses become heightened. It may sound ironic, but the more spiritual we become, the more we appreciate and embrace everything that life has to offer us. This reminds me of a story about a boat. One summer afternoon, three children were playing with this blow-up boat in the swimming pool. They had a great time paddling and giving each other boat rides. After a while, the boat developed a small hole, 
The little bit of water it allowed in didn't really cause any trouble at first. But not long after, the hole grew larger, and the kids had to scoop out the water to keep the boat afloat. Before they knew it, they were all inside the water as the boat sunk. It was a sign to float, not to sink. Right? The boat was supposed to be in the water, but the water was not supposed to be in the boat. Similarly, we can see ourselves as the boat in this material world. We exist in this world and clearly we're surrounded by it. However, spiritual teachings tell us that we are not defined by it. We practice staying unaffected and unattached while engaging ourselves in all the activities of this world. Just like the boat, we can navigate through all the ups and downs and challenges in life without feeling overwhelmed, consumed, or discouraged. We can stay committed to the spiritual practice and continue this beautiful journey towards self-discovery. We can be in this world, but not of this world. Thank you all for listening. If you have any sharing, questions, comments, I would love to hear your thoughts. You can find me on Instagram, KU underscore. If you're enjoying this podcast, I would be so thankful if you can give me a rating on Spotify. Have a great morning or evening wherever you are. The lights within me bow so the divine lights within you. Namaste, everyone. <laughs>